Section 6 of the Underground Railroad Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Underground Railroad Part 1 by William Still. Section 6. Underground Railroad Letters Part 2. Letter from Sheridan Ford in Distress. Boston, Massachusetts, February 15, 1855. Number 2, Change Avenue. My dear friend, allow me to take the liberty of addressing you, and at the same time appearing troublesome's you all friend, but subject is so very important that I cannot but ask not in my name, but in the name of the Lord and humanity, to do something for my poor wife and children, who lays in Norfolk jail, and have been there for three months. I would open myself in that frank and honest manner, which should convince you of my sincerity of purpose. Don't shut your ears to the cries of the widow and the orphan, and I can but ask in the name of humanity and God, for he knows the heart of all men. Please ask the friend's humanity to do something for her and her two little ones. I can't do anything place as I am, for I have to lay low." Please lay this before the churches of Philadelphia's, beg them in name of the Lord to do something for him. I love my freedom, and if it would do her and her two children any good, I mean to change with her, but can't be done, for she is jail, and you must know she suffer, for the jail in the south are not like yours, for anything is good enough for negroes, the slave hunter says." and may God interpose in behalf of the demonstrative race of Africa, whom I claim descendant. I am sorry to say that friendship is only a name here, but I trust it is not so in Philida. I would not have taken this liberty had I not considered you a friend, for you treaty as such. Please do all you can, and please ask the anti-slavery friends to do all they can, and God will reward them for it, I am sure, for the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, as this note leaves me not very well, but hope when it comes to hand, it may find you and family enjoying all the pleasure of life. Please answer this, and pardon me, if the necessary sum can be required, I will find out from my brother-in-law, I am with respectful consideration, Sheridan W. Ford. Yesterday is the first time I have heard from home since I left, and I have not got anything yet, I have a tear yet for my fellow man, and it is in my eyes now, for God knows it is the truth. I sue for your pity and all, and may God open their hearts to pity a poor woman and two children. The sum is, I believe, fourteen hundred dollars. Please write to-day for me, and see if they can't do something for humanity. Letter from E. F. Pennypacker, U. G. R. R. Depot Schoolkill, 11th month, 7th day, 1857. William Still, respected friend. There are three colored friends at my house now, who will reach the city by the Philadelphia and Reading train this evening. Please meet them. Thine, etc., E. F. Pennypacker. We have within the past two months passed forty-three through our hands, transported most of them to Norristown in our own conveyance. E. F. P. Letter from Joseph C. Bustill, UGRR Depot. Harrisburg, March 24, 56. Friend Still, I suppose ere this you have seen those five large and three small packages 
I sent by way of Reading, consisting of three men and women and children. They arrived here this morning at eight and a half o'clock, and left twenty minutes past three. You will please send me any information likely to prove interesting in relation to them. Lately we have formed a society here called the Fugitive Aid Society. This is our first case, and I hope it will prove entirely successful. When you write, please inform me what signs or symbols you make use of in your dispatches, and any other information in relation to operations of the Underground Railroad. Our reason for sending by the Reading Road was to gain time. It is expected the owners will be in town this afternoon, and by this road we gained five hours' time, which is a matter of much importance, and we may have occasion to use it sometimes in future. In great haste, yours with great respect, Joseph C. Bustle. Letter from a Slave Secreted in Richmond Richmond, Virginia, October 18, 1860 To Mr. William Still, Dear Sir, Please do me the favor as to write to my uncle a few lines in regard to the bundle that is for John H. Hill, who lives in Hamilton, C.W. Sir, if this should reach you, be assured that it comes from the same poor individual that you have heard of before, the person who was so unlucky and deceived also. If you write, address your letter, John M. Hill, care of box number 250. I am speaking of a person who lives in PVA. I hope, sir, you will understand this is from a poor individual. Letter from G. S. Nelson, UGRR Depot. Mr. Still, my dear sir, I suppose you are somewhat uneasy because the goods did not come safe to hand on Monday evening, as you expected, consigned from Harrisburg to you. The train only was from Harrisburg to Reading, and as it happened, the goods had to stay all night with us, and as some excitement exists here about goods of the kind, we thought it expedient and wise to detain them until we could hear from you. There are two small boxes and two large ones. We have them all secure. What had better be done? Let us know. Also, as we can learn, there are three more boxes still in Harrisburg. Answer your communication at Harrisburg. Also, fail not to answer this by the return of mail, as things are rather critical, and you will oblige us. G. S. Nelson Reading, May 27, 57 We knew not that these goods were to come, consequently we were all taken by surprise. When you answer, use the word goods. The reason of the excitement is, some three weeks ago a big box was consigned to us by J. Bustle of Harrisburg. We received it, and forwarded it on to J. Jones Elmira, and the next day they were on the fresh hunt of said box. It got safe to Elmira, as I have had a letter from Jones, and all is safe. Yours, G.S.N. Letter from John Thompson Mr. Still, you will oblige me much if you will direct this letter to Virginia for me, to my mother, and if it well suit you, beg her in my letter to direct hers to you, and you can send it to me, if it suit your convenience. I am one of your chattel. John Thompson. Syracuse, Jenny Sixth. Direction. Matilda Tate, care of Dudley M. Patty Warrington, Farquhar County, Virginia. Letter from John Thompson, a fugitive, to his mother. 
my dear mother i have embrace an opportunity of writing you these few lines hoping that they may fine you as they leave me quite well i will now inform you how i am getting i am now a free man living by the sweet of my own brow not serving another man and giving him all i earn but what i make is mine and if one plays do not suit me i am at liberty to leave and go somewhere else and can assure you i think highly of freedom and would not exchange it for nothing that is offered me for it i am waiting in a hotel i suppose you remember when i was in jail i told you the time would be better and you see that the time has come when i leave you my heart was so full and yours but i knew there was a better day ahead and i have lived to see it i heard when i was in the underground r road that the hounds was on my track but it was no go i knew i was too far out of their reach where they would never smell my track when i leave you i was card to richmond and sold and from there i was taken to north carolina and sold and i ran away and went back to virginia between richmond and home and there i was caught and put in jail and there i remain until the owner come for me then i was taken and card back to richmond then i was sold to the man who i now leave he is nothing but a butt of a feller remember me to your husband and all inquirin friends and say to miss rosa that i am as free as she is and more happier i know i am getting twelve dollars per month for what little work i am doing i hope to hear from you again i your son and ever by john thompson letter from william penn of the bar washington d c december ninth eighteen fifty six dear sir I was unavoidably prevented yesterday from replying to yours of sixth instant, and although I have made inquiries, I am unable to-day to answer your questions satisfactorily. Although I know some of the residents of Loudon County, and have often visited there, still I have not practiced much in the courts of that county. There are several of my acquaintances here who have lived in that county, and possibly, through my assistance, your commissions might be executed if a better way shall not suggest itself to you and you see fit to give me the facts in the case i can better judge of my ability to help you but i know not the man resident there whom i would trust with an important suit i think it is now some four or five weeks since that some packages left this vicinity said to be from fifteen to twenty in number and as i suppose went through your hands it was at a time of uncommon vigilance here and to me it was a matter of extreme wonder how and through whom such a work was accomplished can you tell me it is needful that i should know not for curiosity merely but for the good of others an enclosed slip contains the marks of one of the packages which you will read and then immediately burn if you can give me any light that will benefit others I am sure you will do so. A traveller here, very reliable, and who knows his business, has determined not to leave home again until spring, at least not without extraordinary temptations. I think, however, he or others might be tempted to travel in Virginia. Yours, William P. Letter from Miss Theodosia Gilbert. Skaneatlas, Glenhaven, Schoolkill, 1851. William Still. 
Dear friend and brother, a thousand thanks for your good, generous letter. It was so kind of you to have in mind my intense interest and anxiety in the success and fate of poor Conklin. That he desired and intended to hazard an attempt of the kind, I well understood. But what particular one, or that he had actually embarked in this enterprise, I had not been able to learn. His memory will ever be among the sacredly cherished with me. He certainly displayed more real disinterestedness, more earnest, unassuming devotedness, than those who claim to be the sincerest friends of the slave can often boast. What more saviour-like than the willing sacrifice he has rendered? Never shall I forget that night of our extremest peril, as we supposed, when he came and so heartily proffered his services at the hazard of his liberty, of life even, in behalf of William L. Chaplin. Such generosity! At such a moment! The emotions it awakened no words can bespeak. They are to be sought but in the inner chambers of one's own soul. He has earnestly devised the means, as calmly counted the cost, and as unshrinkingly turned him to the task, as if it were his own freedom he would have won. Through his homely features and humble garb, the intrepidity of soul came out in all its lustre. Heroism, in its native majesty, commanded one's admiration and love. Most truly can I enter into your sorrows, and painfully appreciate the pang of disappointment which must have followed this sad intelligence. But so inadequate are words to the consoling of such griefs, it were almost cruel to attempt to syllable one's sympathies. I cannot bear to believe that Conklin has been actually murdered, and yet I hardly dare hope it is otherwise. And the poor slaves, for whom he periled so much, into what depths of hopelessness and woe are they again plunged, but the deeper and blacker for the loss of their dearly sought and new-found freedom. How long must wrongs like these go unredressed? How long, O Lord, how long? Very truly yours, Theodosia Gilbert. End of section 6